Hi, this is Pastor Mike Gordon, and welcome to Bethel Brandon's Sunday Message. For more information about this podcast and more resources, visit us at BethelBrandon.ca. Well, good morning, everyone. Man, is it cold out? I should have brought my sweater this morning, but that's okay. That's, that's my vain attempt at humor. How is everyone doing? I'm so glad to see you here. Those who perhaps are listening in, uh, in the neighborhood around us, uh, we welcome you. Those of you who are online, hey, welcome. We are glad that you're here. Hopefully you'll join in on the conversation that we have online and, and everything like that. It's a good to, to be here. It is July. You can kind of feel the summer and it's kind of exciting. And there's kind of an, uh, an optimism, don't you think? Because because, you know, as, as I have been watching sporting events and things like that, I have seen stadiums that are full in the States and masks that are off. And, and I have heard that the province next to us is going to be kind of going mask-free over the next little while. And this is kind of exciting. And, and I just can't help but think that we are coming to the end of this. Restrictions are easing. Provincial regulations are, are getting in before long. We will be able to meet more regularly and we'll be able to talk to you without it being kind of a smuggle behind a mask and, and we'll be able to worship together. But I'm glad that we have this opportunity to get together and, 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 and to be able to continue to worship. You know, God doesn't get affected by these things, does he? He doesn't. Now, as I was thinking of all of this, I kind of remembered being excited about the year 2020, you know, before all of this had kind of come with this pandemic and everything. And, and 2020 was a special year because I've realized that I could use that term 2020 to um, talk about just fit perfectly in about, you know, eyesight and vision. And, and I remember my first sermon on that Sunday was having a 2020 vision. I thought, this is great. I can actually use that word 2020 to kind of go along and, and, and that. And Little did I know, little did anybody know exactly what was coming up. Little did we realize that even though we talked about vision, we talked about this is what we see going ahead, that in reality, we didn't know, we didn't see at all what was going to be taking place with this pandemic. And it it teaches us something which is extremely important. It's this, is that God who knows everything needs to be a part of my plans. And that God who knows everything needs to be a part of our plans. And you know what? I have been given so much advice as to what to do coming through this pandemic and what to do during this pandemic. And you know what? I'm always listening. I'm never ever at that point where I feel that I have arrived. And I'm sure that you have as well. And there's lots of people who have great advice for me. But I have come to a conclusion, and I'm hoping that you have as well, is that no matter what advice you gather and get, what information you can read, at the end of the day, I need to be listening to the voice of God. I need to understand what God is saying in this whole process. And that applies to me as a pastor who's trying to do everything he can to reach people and to to lead a congregation that is going to be a light, that is going to be the love that is going to be the life, the link. Or maybe it has to do with a parent who has small children and is trying to build into those lives and to to have God work in them as they grow up. Or maybe it's as a parent 
and you have teens and you're not too sure exactly how to handle this situation or that situation, maybe you're even a business person, a businesswoman or a businessman and and there's lots of challenges that have come about and you're just saying, God, I need you. I need wisdom to come about and help me. And it, it can apply to everything. You know, it can apply to whether you are teaching a class or, or if you're single, who you are dating or if you're a young adult, what courses you're going to take and what university you're going to go to. It just applies in everything because if, if there is anything that this pandemic has taught me, is that I need to be hungry for wisdom. And you do as well. So what I want to do is, over these summer months and maybe going into some of the fall months, I want to talk about the pursuit of wisdom. I want to take a look at the book of Proverbs, which tells us that it is the book of wisdom from, from Solomon. And, and, and I, I started journaling a lot more a number of years ago. I started writing down my thoughts. I started writing down some of my prayers. And, and I realized after uh, a number of months, actually after a couple of years, that I observed that I was praying for God for some of the th- same things time and time again. And I realized how important some of these things were. But one of the main things was this, God, I need wisdom. And many times it didn't have to do with ministry, but many times it did. I need wisdom, God. I need direction. And so I kind of have it in my heart to maybe write a book on these 10 things. And, and if you want to know more, you're going to have to read my book, which, which really isn't out yet because I haven't written it. It's, it's kind of in my head. I guess you'll have to read my mind. But anyways, there is in this particular time, as we are going through what we do and throughout eternity, even before this time, a hunger for wisdom. And unlike conventional wisdom, and I think that conventional wisdom is good, and it's something that we can gain, and it's something that we can glean, and something that we can grow from. Because I think it's always good for me to learn from other people's experiences, and it's good for me to learn from other people's knowledge. Uh, But I believe for a person who has dedicated their life to Jesus, a person who is a passionate follower of Jesus, that the Bible talks about a different level of wisdom that is attainable to us who are followers of Christ. And if you take a look at Proverbs, even the very first chapter, if you look at verse 7, it says this, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. James goes on and says that he gives it liberally, like he gives it out to those people who ask in faith. And if you observe the book of Proverbs, and you get an opportunity to look through it, you will observe that in the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs, there is an analogy that is interwoven throughout those first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs. And it is the voice of a person that is calling out in the streets. He's calling in the city center. And actually, it's not he. The voice of wisdom as it is seen in Proverbs, is the voice of a woman. It's a woman's voice. And so while you're in your car and you see your spouse there, you know, if you're a wife, slap your husband on the shoulder and say, see, I told you, wisdom is a woman's voice. No, it's not true. Yes, it is. Take a look at the Word of God. See what it is actually saying. And what basically she is saying is this, is that 
You don't stumble upon wisdom. It's something that needs to be pursued. And so if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bible apps with you, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 8. I just want to read a couple of verses to introduce you to this whole aspect of pursuing wisdom. It says this, Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand beside the gate leading into the city. At the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Those choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies. And nothing you desire can compare with her. He even says in chapter 1, verses 20 to 22, Out of the depth... Over, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out at the city gate. She makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? And even as you go into chapter 9, it talks about wisdom calling. And she calls out the gates. And she, and she puts up the pillars. And he talks about, about wisdom. It's just, it's just all over this whole analogy, which is there. And... The thing is this, wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is probably the proper application of knowledge at certain times. Because heaven knows we have gotten enough knowledge, don't we? I was listening to a pastor online and he, 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 he made this statement. He said, from the beginning of time until the year 2003, the amount of content that we have, that we have produced is equal to, um, I think, five, it says, exabytes of information now. An exabyte, I guess, is one billion gigabytes. So it would be five billion gigabytes of content that has been produced from the beginning of time until 2003. But, he said, since 2003, our content has increased five exabytes every two days after that. Every two days. Can you believe that? Can you even comprehend that? Like, we have so much knowledge. There has been so much knowledge which is being produced and so much opinion which is being produced that you would think by now that if, if, if wisdom and knowledge were the same thing, we would be the wisest people in the world. But obviously, obviously, we're not. And so what I want to do is I want to take a number of weeks and I want to go through the book of Proverbs and I want to talk about some of the special passages of Scripture that are there. But today, if I could do one thing, my prayer today was one thing would be this, is, is that as you leave and as you go on with your day and as you go on with your week, the Holy Spirit will somehow put something in your heart that says this, God, I need to be more hungry for wisdom. God, I want to have a wisdom that is not my own. God, I want to have a wisdom that far exceeds um, what you are wanting to do in my life. And I can't attain it on my own. And if I can get you to a point where you begin to get hungry, just so hungry for God to move in your life and for a wisdom to operate in your life that is above your own level of knowledge, then I think that I will have done something to help 
you, to help your family, to help those people who are around you. Now, for those of you who take notes, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to be that long. I want to try and be respectful of the fact that it's kind of a warmer day out. I want to talk about the foundation of wisdom, and then from there I'm going to talk about the formation of wisdom, how it's developed in our life. And then from there I'm going to talk about the formulation of wisdom. So what does that mean for me today? The foundation, the formation, formulation of wisdom. Now, as you take a look at your Bibles and you take a look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, as he begins and starts, and at another few locations in the Bible, he says this. He says, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It says the same thing in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. And at this point, we need to realize something. That salvation and knowing Jesus and wisdom are different things. You can try and operate in wisdom and not know God. Perhaps the first step in obtaining wisdom is to actually get to know God. Because the scripture is clear in that it says, hey, if you really want to know about wisdom, truly know about wisdom, then you need to know God. You need to fear God, is basically what it says. And this is kind of interesting. And this comes from Solomon, who was known to be the smartest human in, in all of existence. And, and yet at the same time, the scripture talks about the fact that he abandoned this and he let his wives, his wives had, had turned him away from God. And so the first step, I think, in wisdom is to know him. The fact that the first step is there to, to, to realize maybe the biggest tragedy is this, that there are people who seek to know wisdom and will live their whole life and not know Jesus. And that, to me, is the tragedy. That the first step is to actually get to know Him. Is to realize that, you know what, it is impossible for me to get to know God. I can, I can do everything I can to live a good life. I can do everything that I possibly can to make a difference. But at the end of the day, the Bible says it's impossible to know God without accepting His gift of salvation. I can't earn my way into salvation. What I need to do is to actually give Him everything. And so, if you're here and you're, you're, you're in your car, or maybe you're uh, in and amongst the... Uh, the apartments, or, or maybe you're just listening online. The Bible clearly states that if you really want to know wisdom, it all starts with fearing Him, with knowing Him, with giving your life completely and totally to Him. I'd rather be a fool and know Jesus than to be the wisest person and, and be lost for eternity. And so the, the foundation is this. We need to fear the Lord. And God has made it so that wisdom starts and ends with him. There's a great um, author. His name was um, Malcolm Mudridge. And Malcolm Mudridge basically said this in one of his books. He says this, that if you take God out of the picture, you will end up with a race for either power or pleasure. You will either be Hitler or you will be Hugh Hefner. See, there needs to be a moral imperative. There needs to be a compass to, to meaning. It's like Blaise Pascal says that in every single heart, there's a heart-shaped, in every single person, there's a heart-shaped vacuum that can only be filled by God. And the other thing to remember is this, is that when I properly fear God, and when I'm talking about a fear of God, I'm not talking about a fear of repercussions. I'm not talking... <coughs> about any kind of fear that, that has that God can zap and kill you at any time, but a fear which is a reverence, fear which is based on relationship. That the more 
I fear God, the less I fear other things that are really dangerous to me. That the more I fear God, the less I fear the other things that can affect me and hurt me and, and hold me back. You know, in Scripture, there are 18 references in the book of Proverbs alone which talk about the fear of God. And the thing is, if I have a proper idea of what the fear of God is, it basically corrals me and it, it, it controls me and it, and it carries me. And when you truly fear God, the less I fear men. And, and the more I fear God, the less I fear the situation, the circumstance, the, the situation that I'm going through, or at the very least, I, I fear them less. It becomes the foundation. So there's a foundation for wisdom. Then there's what I would call the, the formation of wisdom. So exactly how is it? Tell me a little bit more about this thing which is called wisdom. And, and maybe you've been here and you've been... You've been um, You've known the scriptures and you ask. And the question many people ask is, so how do I develop this? Well, Bible says, first of all, it's a faith thing. Bible says in the book of James that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. And it says this, but let him ask in faith. Don't let him waver. Don't let him be double-minded in how he does it. It is a faith thing. It is something that we receive. It is something that happens as we have faith in God. The other thing is this is that it is a finding thing. That somehow God has made it. That if you really want wisdom, like the wisdom that counts, then you really have to seek God with everything that you have. It is a faith thing. You receive it through faith. But at the same time, He wants you to desire to dig for this thing called faith. Now, it is a valuable thing. The scripture says it's like, it's like silver and gold. It is that valuable. And, and you need to seek it like you are seeking something like that. It says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. It said, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. More precious than rubies, nothing you desire compares to her. Long life is in her hands. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant. Ways are, and her paths are peace. She is the tree of life to those who take hold of her. To those who hold fast to her will be blessed. Like it's an important thing. It's, it's not just a faith thing and it's not just a finding thing, but ultimately it's a fulfilling thing. You take a look at some of the things it's talking about. Long life and, and it talks about um, those people who, who are pleasant and, and their paths are peace and it's a tree of life. Obviously, there's fulfillment in this thing called, this thing called faith, or sorry, this thing called wisdom. And it's worth the pursuit. Because not only is it all that thing, it's, it's also a forever thing. If you read in, in Proverbs chapter 9, it talks about the fact that wisdom says, I was there when the foundations of the earth were built. I was there when everything was put together and everything was placed. The whole aspect of wisdom ends the day we close our eyes in death. No, it's an eternal thing. I think we're going to continue to need wisdom even as we spend eternity with Christ, with God in our lives. So there's the foundation. There's the formation. But maybe the most important thing, well, among the most important thing is this. So how is that developed? What is the formulation in my life? Like when I pray for wisdom, and when God tells me to pray for wisdom, maybe you've thought of this. When you pray for wisdom, and when you ask God for wisdom, is what you are asking for, and is what God intending you to ask for the same thing? 
sometimes you find yourself saying, God, I'm praying for wisdom, but I kind of want to make sure that what you're kind of getting at is the thing I'm actually seeking for. And it's at that point that you begin to realize how small you are and how big God really is and how much I really need wisdom. Because as much as I would like to tell you that I have it all together, the reality is that I don't. And the times when I really gain wisdom is when I come to that point where I say, God, I actually need a lot of help. So I need wisdom for myself. I need wisdom for myself because there are so many things and so many areas in my life that I need help with. That there are times when I'm jealous. There are times when I'm angry. There's times when I'm envious. There's times when I'm worried. There's times where I'm fearful. There's times where I'm deceitful and conniving and paranoid. I have all these things that reside in me. And I find it hard sometimes. You ever feel like you're broken? You ever feel I'm just kind of different than anybody else? But I think when we call for wisdom, we say, God, help me to be able to figure out who I am so that I can serve you to the best of my ability. Because nobody knows me like you know me. The one who made me, wisdom for me. But I need wisdom to know God as well. Because I'm healthy, I guess, when I kind of know who I am with God. But I'm even more healthy when I find out who God really is. That God is love. And, and you know what, folks? We live in this great, big, huge, wonderful world. And there are tons of things that we have not discovered yet. We haven't. Stop and consider this world in comparison to a universe that we have not even found the end of. We haven't even figured out this planet in the time that we have lived here. And this is the God who is seeking to say to you, listen, Come on in. I'm going to give you wisdom. I kind of know. You know when the Bible, and I'm going to probably say this a number of weeks in the, in the future, when the Bible says, hey, you simple-minded, we tend to think that he's talking to that one person who's kind of, hey, not all there. They don't really have the IQ. No, he's talking to us. Because in comparison, the smartest guy in the world is nothing to the knowledge of God. So I need wisdom to say, okay, God, what is it? Where is it that I stand in terms of, to you. It says in Proverbs um, 3, 3.32, it says, For the Lord detests the perverse, but the upright he takes in to his confidence. You know what that means? It means that there is an area of God that you can know about. But the problem is this. You got to work as hard as you possibly can to pursue that God. And when you are able to pursue that God, then that's when God begins to reveal himself to you. I need wisdom for, to know myself. I need wisdom to understand God. I need wisdom for direction. Hey, this is probably the one that we all know about. God, what do I do next? You know, you kind of come up against this fork in the road or this crossroads, and you're not too sure whether you turn right or turn, you turn left. And, and many people, what they'll do is, say, okay, well, what are the pros? What are the things that I can write down that are good? What are the cons? What are some of the things that, that are bad? And so if I can have one more pro than cons, then therefore it's an indication that I go left instead of right. Well, you know what? We know that that's not so easy. Especially when we consider some of the ramifications. If I go down this road, then that means I'm going to be leaving certain things behind. If I go to this place, then that means these certain things will, will not be taken care of. And, 
And there are certain times where you will be in your life at those crossroads where you're going to say, God, I need you. I need you somehow in some way to put me in the right direction. I need God. I need wisdom to untangle the ball that I'm presently in. And maybe it's not a decision. Maybe it's a predicament. You ever make a wrong decision and based on that wrong decision, you make another wrong decision which leads to another wrong decision? And after thinking a little while, you make another decision which actually happens to be wrong as well. And so here you are sitting, and maybe you're sitting in your house, or maybe you're sitting at home, or maybe you're sitting here in the car, and you are finagling over five or six bad decisions that you have made in a row, and you're saying, I don't know how to get out of this. Maybe it's just a relationship. I just want to be able to talk to my son without arguing. I just want to be able to talk with my wife figure things out situation my marriage is so bad it has gone so far to the right it has gone so far to the left and I don't have an idea as to how I can pull this thing back God I need wisdom I need you to show up in this situation in my life my life is overtaken by this God I need wisdom I need you to unwrap the ball or have one of those balls that have all the string and and all of a sudden they tell you to untangle the ball and it's almost impossible to untangle all of those, those strings. And sometimes our life represents that ball of tangled string. I need wisdom to express my faith. You know, there are a number of people who I cannot picture heaven without. And I know that they don't know Jesus. And so what I do is I read every single book that I possibly can on evangelism and, and I try and find out every plight that I possibly can to share my faith. And at the same time, it ends nowhere. But there's a scripture which says this, and it's in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. It says this, The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. You ever wondered about that verse? I think the real interpretation is, is if a man is wise, he will, by the very necessity of that wisdom, win souls. That there is going to be a level of wisdom that you are going to need in talking to your friends who need Jesus. I need wisdom to express my faith. I need wisdom for success. You know, if I had a show of hands that says, is there anybody here who wants to be a failure? There would be no hands. At least, hopefully, there would be no hands that would go up in this, in this congregation of cars or, or anything like that. I think God wants us to be successful. And I think Scripture says that if I commit to the Lord whatever I do, He will establish my plans. And I just need wisdom. You ever come to a point where you realize that you are desperate for wisdom. And I can't read a book. It doesn't come with advice from my friends. That there's something deeper that God is calling me to. That I think that somehow God has made it. That in order for me to get where I want to be, it is impossible to get there without God. And that's why this scripture says what it says. Because God has put in your heart a destiny. God has put in your heart a legacy. God has put in your heart a plan, a desire, a goal. And it is impossible for you to get there without him. And he says, pursue me. He says, with everything you have. And this is, Christianity doesn't work until you give him absolutely everything. You might be here and you might be listening online or whatever avenue that you're listening. And you have said, well, I have tried this Christianity out and it does not work. It didn't work for me. The problem is this. We want to see the full ramifications of the Spirit of God working in our life with only half an effort. 
But God says this. He says, you want wisdom? Pursue me. It is worth it. It will be worth every single effort that you make to know me. And in that process, I will open up a door. Like I don't have a book as to how God does it. And he will do it different for me than he will do it for you. But as you're here and you're thinking about your kids and as you are here and you're thinking about your family and as you're here and you're thinking about your career and as you're here and you're thinking about your health and as you're here and you're thinking whatever the situation is, that I believe that God is calling you to something that you cannot fulfill yourself. And don't settle for the fact that, well, I couldn't get it, so I'm just going to settle for where I am or for where I'm at. You know, one of the most amazing passages of scriptures in Proverbs is this one. It says this in Proverbs 20, 20 verse 24. It says, a person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? Isn't that an amazing scripture? It basically says this, whether you like it or not, God is in charge. The beginning of wisdom says this in, in Proverbs 4. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. It'll cost you all that you have. Get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and to present you with a glorious crown. See, the thing is, God has created us desire to be places that are beyond our resources. But what we do is we build our families on our own resources. We build our churches on our own resources. We build our careers on our own resources. We build our sanity on our own resources. And there's a voice which is calling out. And maybe that voice is calling out to you this morning. And my prayer is that voice will haunt you. I pray that if you don't know Jesus, that there will be something inside of you that says, you know what, I want to know God because I need to know this wisdom. I need to know something. I need to go deeper in my walk with God. Or maybe you're here and you've accepted Jesus. And the contemporary Christian thinking has been this. Well, if I love Jesus and if I pay my tithes and I say my prayers, then wisdom will come naturally. But I don't think that this is what the passage of Scripture says. This is not what Proverbs says. He says, come and know me and, and, and that. But there is a level of wisdom. There is an echelon and, and it is where the place that you want to be but you need to pursue me. You need to give it all to me. You need to allow the presence of God to move in a full way so that I can see that wisdom going. But it only comes when you just continually pursue me. So the question I have for you and as you leave is this. Is it worth it? Is it worth that pursuit? What is that one thing? What is that one thing? You're here today in your car, at your home, uh, online, whatever. What is that one thing you're looking for? for wisdom on in your life. Maybe it's a direction. It's a career direction. Maybe it's someone who needs to know Jesus. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a relationship that has died and you need it to resurrect it. I'm not too sure. All I know is that you are not hearing this message by chance. I believe that this is a God moment. I believe that God wants to move in your life at a different level. Here's my thing. Can I pray for wisdom for you? Can I pray that God will give you that level of wisdom? Let's pray. Father, I just pray that we will pursue you, that we won't be satisfied with contemporary wisdom. That God, as your word says, that there is a level of wisdom which is there calling out to us to pursue. And I pray, Father, for those people who have the fortitude to begin to call out to you.
And Lord, for that person who is in a relationship and they need you, God, give them wisdom. Father, for that parent who is needing help raising their child, God, give them wisdom. Father, in that situation where we have made so many bad decisions and we're just living with the regret and we're not too sure how to get out of it, Father, give them wisdom. For those of us, Father, who are seeking to win our friends and our neighbors and, and we have fallen short for so long, God, give them wisdom. Whatever the situation is, God, I pray right now, supernaturally, Holy Spirit, begin to work in hearts, begin to work on lies. And perhaps there's a person who is here and um, they don't know you. And they're saying, I want this wisdom, but if I want this wisdom, I need to know Jesus first. I pray, Father, that they will pray this prayer to ask you to come in. And it goes like this, God, I know that you love me, but I'm a sinner and, and I can't earn my way to salvation. I pray, God, that you will come in and by faith I ask you to be Lord of my life. And in doing that, Father, I want to give you everything. And so, Lord, come in, I pray. And for those, Father, who pray that, I pray that you will come in. So, Father, I pray for the blessing of God, of your word, but also the challenge, Father, to dig deeper into you, Father, as we go through this summer. May you be lifted up and God continue, Lord, to open things up so we can continue to worship in person with mask off and that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It is so good to be here uh, back again. Uh, keep noted with your, if, you don't, if you're not on the newsletter, please make sure you're part of the newsletter. Uh, hey, we're starting in-person prayer uh, this Wednesday at 12 noon online on Tuesdays. Hey, uh, check out the website for all that's going on. God bless you. Call the church if you need us for anything. We want to be able to serve you the best that we possibly can. God bless and have a great day. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's continue the conversation online. Visit us at BethelBrandon.ca or follow us on Facebook.